0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Bengals preseason preview show. Even though there's still over a month before games truly matter, there are still a lot at stake over the next few weeks as players at every single position are fighting to make the roster. I'm Harold Holtwit, and to help me preview this game, I have both of my Bears brothers alongside with me. I have Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, and gentlemen. Uh, We're back to normal for the first time in a few weeks. First live show that we've had in quite some time. We're all back in our respective homes. I can see your faces on the screen, not in person. Feels pretty great, doesn't it? It does. It's just nice to be live again. It does exactly it is. I mean, the adrenaline's pumping. Uh, I feel like I'm on the spot a little bit more than when we're offline sitting in a hotel room, sitting in a hotel room bed trying to record a podcast, <laughs> talking about the Hall of Fame game. So how quickly things get back to normal here at the Bears Brothers. But uh other than that, guys, how's getting back to normal been for you?
1: Different. Uh the the lack of sleep didn't didn't phase me so much on Sunday like I thought it would, but but Monday at work, it was like whew. I needed that 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 more than 2 hours of sleep on on Sunday Sunday morning, yeah.
2: Oh, it was awful for me to be completely honest. <laughs> I was like, "Man, wow, it's all just hitting me at once." But, you know, we did the podcast right as soon as we got home, and then after that, it was just kind of downhill from there. But I'm glad we had some chance to get some sleep and we're, we're back live like you guys said, so it's a good time.
0: Yes, it is. All right. And for those who have been around our show for the past year, maybe even a couple of years, you know what to expect from our typical game preview episodes but with it being preseason i've decided that we need to take this in a slightly different approach because i think this way uh, you're going to find the most beneficial so for today's preview we're going to run down and discuss a list of about 10 things maybe more uh, that we're going to be watching on thursday night and that way you'll know what to pay attention to as well fellas you ready to dive on in let's Let's do do it. it Awesome. So my first one on the list, wide receiver debuts, Anthony Miller, uh, even Kevin White this year, maybe Alan Robinson, Taylor Gabriel is making the trip even though he has dampered with a uh, foot injury. So we'll see, but out of all of these players personally, and I believe everyone's going to be in agreement here that I'm most excited to see what Anthony Miller can do with his first game in, as a bear. Also wondering things like, you know, how long will he play, will they even put him on display or kind of want to keep him under wraps? But, Ideally, out of Miller, I want to see the same things that we've all saw at camp, route running, separation, making those wild catches, Uh, obviously, throughout this game's time situation. Um, And if I think if he can go out there, prove to be effective, even if he doesn't play a ton of snaps, it's going to do a lot for some confidence, but not his confidence. Anthony Miller is already ultra, you know, ultra confident. We know that, but I think it's going to do a lot for maybe Trubisky's confidence in him, uh, kind of establishing that game connection, that game chemistry. Uh, that way, come to regular season, uh, when Trubisky has to chuck it 17s way, uh, he knows that. Uh, of course, Miller is going to make that play. Nick, I'm going to go over to you. What are you watching for in terms of, of course, these wide receiver debuts? If you want to talk more, Anthony Miller, I don't think anybody is going to complain. Yeah, no, I mean, Anthony Miller
2: has been so exciting in training camp that you just want to see it translate against a different team now. He doesn't have to do what he's been doing to his own teammates. He can now do it to the Cincinnati Bengals cornerbacks. But, yeah, I just want to see him make more of those big plays that he did in camp. I want to see him run. I want to see him run with the ones, honestly. Obviously, if he plays with the twos, that's great for him. Still getting that NFL experience. But I really want to see what he does with the first team unit, with Trubisky, how that chemistry goes from, you know, training camp now to – to the actual game. Um, also, you know, I, Kevin White's a guy that's kind of, I don't want to say he's been lost with the, the hype of Anthony Miller now and Alan Robinson, but you still want to see what he can do. Um interested to see how many minutes does he actually play in the preseason? I, I want to see him play a lot, but I have a feeling that the bears just want to get him into the regular season healthy. So it'll be interesting to see how the bears, you know, manage that Kevin white and, you
0: know, all of his injury history that he's had, but it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, manage that exactly because kevin white we talked about it after the hall of fame game like we were surprised uh, that he wasn't out there for that game he wasn't you know he was dressed but he was pretty much inactive he didn't go out there and at first we're thinking hey uh, obviously he's made a good impression at camp i mean he's for the most part has made a better- finally
3: a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempurpedic our first system that detects snoring. Then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep, all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
0: Better impression than I think most would anticipate throughout training camp. Uh, so maybe he has the night off, but you brought up a great point with his history of injuries. Maybe it's just a night off to keep him healthy. So it'd be interesting to see tomorrow night on Thursday, what kind of role does he have? How long is he out there? How many snaps does he actually take? Because durability is always a concern, but it's, you know, a two way street. Uh, one, Number one, he needs to be out there to prove he can play and prove he can be durable. But two, of course you want to make him at least last at a regular season, even though I think we know that doesn't always mean success either when it comes for Kevin White. So again, uh, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't in terms of Kevin, but uh, Brandon over to you, wide receiver debuts, what do you got? I'm like you said, or I think we're
1: all excited for Anthony Miller. Yay. Uh, yeah, yay. Um, but like you said, you're excited to see his rep running and things of that nature. I'm excited to see him get some live reps. I think he gets the most reps out of the three that we've mentioned. Kevin White, Allen Robinson. And Anthony Miller, I think Miller gets the most. I think he gets some time with the ones because they rotate guys in and out so frequently. I think he's going to get a lot of time with the twos. And even if he goes out there and fails in some of his route running or doesn't make the the easy catch per se, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing because Nagy says, you know, time and time again, You can fail once and that's okay, but if you do it a second time, you know, then we've got major problems. So it's going to be out there, going to be good for him to get out there and learn, fail once or twice, maybe, hopefully not twice, but at least once because that's how you learn. Uh, So I'm excited uh, to see him get some live game reps. And something with Kevin White, too, we've seen, uh, at least something that I've noticed kind of somewhat through camp uh, is, you know, he's made these great plays, made some good uh, down the field catches, but uh, sometimes he's got focus problems or quote-unquote finish the play as the coaches have been screaming throughout uh, all of camp, it seems like. I noticed it more with him that he doesn't necessarily run all the way into the end zone after the play like they're required to, I guess. So I just want to know where his focus is going to be at. I don't think he gets very many reps. Uh, I think it's mostly with the ones, uh, but I'll be interested to see where he's at focus-wise and mentally with the ones when he's out there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good stuff there, B. And, of course, Alan Robinson, Taylor Gabriel. Gabriel has a foot injury, but he's making the trip. I still doubt he actually goes out there and plays. Who knows? He can surprise. Um, we can talk about that. About Alan Robinson, I'm curious about your guys' thoughts on if he will play or not. Because you know, coming back from the ACL, he's looking good in practice. He's still been on a pitch count, also not participating in every single practice. Um, but when he's out there, he's looking good. He's making great. He's running great routes. He's looking fast. He's looking fluid, uh, quick and decisive with his cuts, especially in a red zone. That's when his big body has really been on display so far at camp. So, Nick, what do you think the Bears do? Do they play him? Do they keep it safe? Uh, And if he's out there, how long? What do you expect? Yeah, this is interesting. I've been thinking
2: about this one a lot. I think Allen Robinson maybe plays, if the offense plays maybe two or three series, I think he plays only the first one. I still think that the Bears are going to, like you said, keep him on that pitch count. And he hasn't practiced all too much at training camp. There are times where the first offense is running all through their plays, and Allen Robinson's not in there. And, you know, they kind of sprinkle him in you know, in and out throughout the uh, practices that I've been into. So I think Robinson gets one series and that's about it for the night tomorrow. Anything different there be? No,
1: I think it's one of those, like you said earlier, damned if you do damned, if you don't, uh, if they play him too much, you know, raises the risk of injury, obviously, but if they don't play him enough and he's not uh, ready to receive hits by the time regular season roll around, that also uh, kind of increases his chance of injury, I guess. So I would say one series at the most as well. I mean,
0: as coach Nagy has been saying all training camp long is about callusing your body. And I think that's what you need to do here with Robinson, something like Kevin white, you know, even if it's baby steps, any sort of progress is good progress. If you're the Chicago bears. All right, guys, let's move on to number two on our list. And I have Trubisky building off uh, that good practice day on Monday, which of course we weren't there. Coincidence, maybe so, uh, but uh, it's going to be his first action of the preseason. And even if he plays one, two, three series, I think we can all agree that no matter what, how small the sample size could be we just want to see a very strong 2018 debut. We know the bears won't be running their quote unquote true offense, or maybe they're just going to be having some basic parts of it on display. Uh, But regardless, I want to see how Trubisky can take in the play call, command the huddle, get people lined up, make checks at the line, something that we've seen throughout all camp. And, you know, even though we've seen it at camp and I think he's done a pretty good job at it, it's different when the play clock's running and it's for real and it's a game situation. Uh, So yes, it's time to see what he can do with this offense in games. Brandon, when it comes to Trubisky building off that good practice on Monday, what are some things that you hope to see?
1: Well, unfortunately, like you said, we weren't there Monday to see that practice. I know. I'd, like, I'd like to see where he's at, so I don't know how well it's going to translate into game time. Uh, that's something that he's going to have to, again, incorporate some in practice. You can you know, have game time situations, but it's not the same as being out there with people watching you and cheering you on. The adrenaline's running a little bit more. So I want to know you know, like you said, he's commanded the huddle very well. I'm curious to know if that uh, trend continues throughout the the course of the game. He's not going to get very many snaps. I don't think so. It's going to be really hard to tell how well it translates. I don't think he plays very much in this game either. You know, one or two series, possibly three. So it's going to be hard to see if it translates. But I want to see him uh, have more touch on the passes, like we have talked about the other day, and and things of that nature. Things that we touched on. Want to see that he's able to take that that next leap.
0: Yeah, especially with those short passes. You talked about it on the last practice we were able to attend. He's putting just a little bit too much zip on those routes, and guys are like four yards away. And when in a game situation, when nerves play even a larger factor than they would throughout practice, uh, that'll be a lot on him to kind of you know calm it down just a little bit because it's easy when you you know you're having those butterflies, you have the nerves, and you can just rifle them in there as hard as you can, like letting out that stress. Uh, but Nick, to you, Mitchell Trubisky. First time seeing him under coach Nagy and bear. Uh, first time seeing him as an entire off season under his belt as being his team. What do you expect? What do you want to see? You know, I really want to see a good successful first drive. You don't want to see a three and out.
2: And, you know, we've all been waiting for this. How is Trubisky going to, you know, elevate his play in year two with a offensive oriented coach in Matt Nagy. So I think that, you want to see him have some early checkdowns, convert on third down, and just be poised in the pocket. Now these guys are coming and they can actually hit you because we know in you know these training camp practices that we've been to that had this been another team playing, Trubisky would have been hit a couple of times. So now how is he going to be able to you know rebound back from that if he does take a hit? And the biggest thing here. You just want to come, you want to avoid those big hits, stay healthy, because this is preseason game number two of five for the Bears, and you just want to see him, you know, like Brandon said, had that touch in those passes, show that chemistry that has been built from the beginning of training camp, translate onto the field against the Bengals, even if he does have maybe one, two, three series, make the most of them, because again, he did have a very good Monday practice that we all wish we went to, and hopefully that does translate, but who
0: knows? So you're telling me you don't want to see any read options where Trubisky's taking the boot to the left like we saw in practice and taking those uh, hits? Oh,
2: man, I don't want to see him get hit. I mean, if he gains yards and able to get out of bounds, that's great. But no, we want Trubisky to be healthy for
0: game one against the Packers. Just, I f- I figured as such, uh, I just wanted to make sure I don't care if he gains <laughs> yards or not on the ground. Uh, honestly, just don't don't take any extra hits. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. Let's save that from the game's count. But anything else, Trubisky, that either of you want to mention that you're going to be paying attention to? on thursday night you know i just want to see his uh, decision making quick decisions
2: um that was a little i would say iffy in training camp but it seemed like he would hold on to the ball a little bit too long so now here like i said guys are coming after trubisky get the ball out of his hands so again he can avoid those big hits
1: yeah i yeah, talked about uh Game management, too, earlier when I was talking about Trubisky, I just want to see that uh, in effect with the game clock running. Because like I said, you can have it, quote unquote, in practice, but it's just not the same. So let's let's see that uh, as another added element, even if that he was having a good day uh, equate to throwing the ball. Let's see the the head game uh, come with managing the clock and things of that nature.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Nick, you mentioned the holding onto the ball too long because in practice there are times when he'd have it for six, seven seconds because we are not doing live, live reps. So he'd hold it and waiting for something to happen. That's not going to happen. Now. It's not going to happen on Thursday night. So that's something he needs, you know, get back there within a few seconds, make a throw, make a decision. And yeah, it's going to be his first time doing it in 2018. And hopefully he does a good job at it. And if he doesn't, the good news is we still have a couple more preseason games to kind of work out the kinks. Moving on to number three, guys, we're going to look at something we've talked about in length, all camp, all offseason, after the Hall of Fame game as well. So we don't need to take up too much time on it, but it's still on the radar, still on everyone's radar. And that's going to be the defensive end battle between Roy Robertson Harris and John Bullard. Last week, Bullard had two tackles. Uh, two tackles for a loss, uh, and which includes a sack. And Roy Robson-Harris had one tackle, which was a sack. Uh, so this is another opportunity for both uh, to kind of make an impact on defense. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, you kind of know our thoughts that we've seen throughout camp, what we've seen at the Hall of Fame game. But guys, in terms of this game, anything different that we haven't really discussed yet uh, that you want to mention to our listeners? uh Nick? You know, you, we just want to see between these
2: two players who is more consistent on a, you know, play to play basis, Um, you know, not giving up ground, winning the point of attack, getting off the ball fast and just disrupting plays, whichever one of these guys can do that more consistently will win the starting job. I think Bullard has the upper hand right now, but again, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow night, but hopefully both these guys have, you know, a decent game and continue to have a decent preseason because you want to have depth that at that position. But I think Bullard, it's his job to lose right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree that it's definitely Bullard's right now. And the thing is, if the Bears are playing nickel, more than likely, that's going to be Robertson Harris out there in the field. So again, you know, we talked about this a bunch that it doesn't really matter who wins the starting job because they're both going to be out there almost split 50-50 throughout the season. But I think it matters that there's competition and they're trying to get the most out of these players. Getting Finally,
3: a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at tempurpedic.com.
0: I'm ready for the year and that's what I'm looking for in this battles this For them to see, or to see out of them, I should say, uh, that they're competing, that they have a desire to win, a will to go out there and wreak havoc in the uh, the pocket, create some pressure, and, of course, uh, stuff some lanes in a running game. So all those things is is what I want to see out of both these guys. I'm not really cheering for one over the other. I want to see both of them come out of this competition better players because our defensive line rotation is going to be better for it. But what about you, B? Uh, Defensive end, what do you got? I agree. Thirdly. Uh, that it's John Bullard's job to lose right now, because when his motor's on,
1: I mean, he seeks to make the play. It seems like when Roy Robertson-Harris is out there, he just kind of lets the game come to him, and that's when he's able to make the most of his opportunities. And there's nothing wrong with that, just as long as he's reliable. So I think as long as John Bullard's got his motor up high, the RPMs are really up there revving, I think that it's really just uh, his to lose if he can't get to that point.
0: And I want to mention, while we're talking about defensive ends, I want to bring up Bilal Nichols here, because he's someone who... Throughout the most training camp was with the third strings. He got bumped up to the second string. We saw him in practice making some good plays, making some good decisions, being fired up. And in the preseason game prior, the Hall of Fame game, he was also in there making some headway as well. So I want to see his progression uh, from one week to the next. I want to see what kind of steps he can take. Can he play with the twos now? Because last uh, the week prior, he was primarily with the three. So can he handle this higher competition? Because, of course, going from Delaware to the pros, it's a jump. And I think you're kind of, you know, working him up the ladder. Can he beat the threes? Yes. Now, can he do it to twos? Hopefully so. And then, if so, uh, we'll see what exactly how the Bears want to use him in terms of maybe uh, rotating him in with the starters, maybe in the third preseason game, just to see how he looks out there. Uh, anything else on defensive ends that you guys like to mention? I know we're all paying attention to it. Yeah, you brought up Palau Nichols. I hope he
1: brings that same energy that we've seen on Sunday. I think uh, carrying Akeem Hicks's pads is kind of, you know, that energy is rubbed off on him. So I hope we see that in the game on Thursday. <laughs>
0: I like it. I like it. It's like the magic powers, of shoulder pads from Akeem Hicks. That sweat. It's like the Michael Jordan secret stuff. (laughs) Do you think we see uh, Akeem Hicks? I hope so, at least a little bit. I mean, maybe not because it doesn't matter. I think Akeem Hicks, he's someone we (laughs) want to keep him fresh, and he's going to be fine regardless. He knows the defense. He knows his job. He knows his place. Do I want to see him out there? Of course. I love watching Akeem Hicks play football, but does he need to be out there? That might have a different answer. Yeah, very true. Alright guys, number four. This was going to be a battle between uh, Kylie Fitz and Isaiah Irving, or at least watching both of them, but uh, just in case you missed it, Isaiah Irving is not making the trip. Uh, he's been dealing with an injury as well, so, I mean, that's a tough break for him because Irving's someone who he's been really turning some heads uh, throughout camp last week as well. Someone who we really want to see create a strong role within the rotation at outside linebacker, but now he's not making the trip. Hopefully it's precautionary and it's still minor enough that he can get back out there this preseason because I think we need it. Um, so unfortunately there's something to watch when it comes to Isaiah Irving, but let's look at Kylie Fitz a little bit because last week he had four tackles, a sack, a quarterback hit and yeah, I just want to see if he can make his presence felt. I mean, we've seen a little bit as a pass rusher. Uh, we saw a little bit out of fits and coverage as well. But can he do it on a week to week on a week to week basis? You know, in a perfect world, I think we can definitely see that from him, see some growth. Um, but I do fear a slight letdown from someone who. He has a six round pick. He's still adjusting to the game. And now with Isaiah Irving out there, and I know teams that aren't really watching tape, but you better believe the Bengals know that Kylie Fitz made some plays last week and are going to be paying attention to him when he's out there on the field. But when you guys are watching Fitz, what are some things you want to see? What do you expect to see? And Brandon, I'm going to go to you first.
1: I want to see him continue to play well in space. Uh, I don't think we're going to have too many uh, plays where the quarterback's going to scramble out of the pocket. Like we did against the Ravens with rg three and Lamar Jackson, but his ability to contain on the edge, not let those guys get massive amounts of yards and be able to to play in open space and adjust well to those quarterbacks, uh, I, that's something I want to see is can he seal the edge, uh, things like that, because he's going to face that more with running backs than will with quarterbacks in this one.
0: Yeah, what about you, Nick?
2: You know, I want to see Fitz, uh, utilize some more moves to get to the quarterback. And this is the perfect time to do it against other competition and in the preseason. see what works, see what doesn't work. And, you know, he did drop well, uh, drop back in coverage well against uh, the Ravens last week. want to continue to see him do that. As we all know, Fangio likes to do that with his outside linebackers, but the big thing for me with Fitz, just be in position to make plays. He doesn't necessarily have to make a, but knows assignments. He's still a rookie getting, you know, used to this big Fangio defense. I think if he could do that and show again. I brought it up with Bullard and Roy Robertson Harris consistency. You know, he might see some time, you know, during the reg, the course of the regular season. That's not surprising, but yeah, Fitz can do those things. I think that would be good for him, especially with Isaiah Irving, not playing in this game.
0: Right. And real quick, before we move on to the next one, uh, speaking of outside linebackers, now that we, you know, I was planning on talking about Irving, but now we have a little bit extra time here. Nick, I'm going to go right back to you since you put me on the spot about Akeem Hicks. Leonard Floyd, does he play? And if so, how long? I think he does. Uh, We saw him a lot,
2: uh, practice a lot more this past week than we have, you know, the previous weeks when we went to training camp. And I think um, he does get some playing time and he looked really good in training camp practice we were just at on Sunday.
0: Hopefully that translates again. But yeah, I think we do see some Leonard Floyd. Okay, so when he's out there, what would you watch even to say he doesn't make a sack or anything? But what are some things that you would see? Because this is a big year for him. Year three is a huge year for any player. And this is when we really want to see some steps some progress from Leonard Floyd. Obviously, we want to see him put together a full 16 game season, but let's take it uh, one step at a time. And our next step is, of course, tomorrow night, preseason game one for the starters. So what do you what do you want to see out of Floyd? What was something that he can do to kind of feel you make you comfortable with what he with, with the direction that he's heading in? So obviously, I want him to get
2: to back to the quarterback, make some sex. But if he doesn't do that, which is fine in a preseason game, I want to see him just win the point of attack. That's always been a thing that Leonard Floyd has always had to maybe approve upon because he maybe he's not the strongest guy. But use those long arms, get those uh, offensive linemen off of him shed the block and then be able to make a tack on the backfield or force it inside. That's a big thing for Leonard Floyd. I know just back at last Sunday's practice, he had a play where he missed that or he waited too long. I want to see him just be aggressive, make a tackle, get into a play and just disrupt it. But that's a big thing with Floyd. Um, if he doesn't get to the quarterback, those little things that maybe don't fill up on the
0: statue, you just want to see him do. Absolutely. Be anything else you like to add in terms of outside linebackers before we take a look inside.
1: I'm interested to see Sam Acho too. Uh, he's been a guy who's really exploded as far as a potential pass rusher. Uh, he's got a really good bull rush uh, that he's developed. I just kind of want to see him, if he's going to be able to get back there or not.
0: Yeah, of course. And for those listening wondering, is Aaron Lynch, is Aaron Lynch going to play? No. He is not Practice. <laughs> he's not ready. When he will he be ready? Team? We don't know. <laughs> is he on the team? He is on the, the sideline. <laughs> he does dress in a Chicago Bears uniform. He's getting paid a heck of a lot more money than I. So, yeah, he's on the team.
2: <laughs> That's unfortunate
0: well hey you know i'm trying not to get too down if he's if he gets healthy and he comes out there and he can be a part of the rotation he doesn't even need to start i need we need the bodies i'm not gonna be too picky right now of course i want to see him out there i want to see him healthy uh his injury of history has been as cluttered as kevin white's over the last few years so we'll see patience patience with uh aaron lynch all right guys let's look inside and i have a few questions here uh does nick Kukowski play and if so how long What do we expect from him? Can John Timu rebound from that eh, week uh, that he had uh, against the Ravens? And also, does Iggy play? And if so, how does he look? All of these players to pay attention to. And real quick, since I just talked about Aaron Lynch, I really doubt that Danny Trevathan is going to play. He's just now getting back in full pads. He's the captain of this defense. He's going to be fine regardless. I doubt they put him out there in this preseason game. Well, well, I'm assuming you might not even see him out there until at least uh, the third will technically our fourth preseason game, but the typical third preseason game where most of the surgeons get out there and get their reps in, but inside linebacker, Nick, uh, whoever you want to talk about the floor is yours. Uh with Kutkowski, It's going to be interesting because the bears are
2: pretty thin at that position. Like you said, Dan Trevathan just got back to practice. Still no Roquan Smith. Um, you know, whenever the bears decide to take out that first team defense, you know, I think that's quick day is definitely done. You don't want to risk an injury there. And one talk about Joel E. A. Boone I think I got that right. Um, He's a guy that just started practicing. Um, We didn't see a lot of him during training camp, but in terms of all the inside linebackers, he's going to be the one that's going to look the most um, maybe out of place because again, he hasn't practiced a lot. So it's the, this is a perfect time for him to, you know, get acclimated to the, the game speed, see what uh you know what his reads are, see what Vic Fangio is throwing at him at the inside linebacker position. But this is a good time to make those mistakes. So I'm really interested in watching uh, Iggy and see what he can do. You know, in his first game
0: action against the you know NFL o- opponents.
2: So it's going to be interesting what he can do.
0: So you you anticipate Iggy playing? I know he's just starting to get back into practice. So like um, I mean I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think the coaches may won't even know until they go through like warm ups tomorrow. But your gut says he will. My gut's saying that he plays, and it's going to be probably in that third-team defense, okay? B, over to you for inside backers. What are you paying attention to?
1: I think that's imperative that Kwiatkowski plays. It just Like I said uh, earlier with Alan Robinson and Kevin White, just got to be able to get acclimated. Uh, he's got to be able to to have the head thing right. Like I said with Trubisky, got to be able to make the play calls because he, be he will be doing that in this game anyway to at least get some practice in it because uh, I don't anticipate Danny Trevathan playing either. Uh, so I think it's imperative that he plays to get those those live reps to be able to call a defense in case it's needed upon in the regular season. Uh, does John Timu bounce back after a meh week one? I think he does. It was more just of a, a meh kind of series. <laughs> I don't want. I wouldn't say his whole game was meh, but I th- he I, he showed good things on Sunday. I thought when we were there watching him, uh, and I. Th- I think that's going to continue to translate. Uh, Thursday, he's not going to go out there and make the the giant, big athletic plays because we know that you know it's kind of an area where he falls short. But he's smart. He's going to be able to to come back. I think he's got a short term memory. He'll play just fine. Uh, Nick stole my my thunder with Iggy again with Anthony Miller. Like I said, with him, you just go out there and if he fails, he fails. I mean, it's it's not imperative for him to go out there and succeed at this point in the preseason.
0: Can you pronounce Iggy's last name? Uh, no. Iggy okay. Yeah, boonie way. It's not that bad once you get it just rolls off the tongue after a thousand reps of doing the pre-podcast. <laughs> See, I'm not at a thousand reps yet. So. <laughs> that's that's the problem. So uh you have some homework after the show. Get I'll during the curious. preseason. Get the reps during the preseason. Yep. Absolutely. Uh so Nick, real quick, uh, we've talked about uh well, Nick Gwakowski though, off and on throughout training camp. Um I'm curious, uh for listeners, I'm sure they're wondering too. What's maybe one thing that you've seen out of him that he struggled with? Uh, throughout camp, that you want to see improvement on if he does play tomorrow. Well, he should play. So when he does play, so I think coverage-wise, he's that's not where his
2: strength is at. Just getting right, getting in the right depth, being in the right place. He's in the right place, but just getting at the right depth fast enough, uh, especially when receivers are going seam right seam routes down the middle. That's where he struggled with. I want to see. I want to see the Bengals attack that, and I want to see how Kowski is able to you know respond to these these multiple routes that are going in the middle of the field. So I think that's where he struggled. And I want to see the Bengals really attack that to see where he's at.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I have one as well, and that's going to be shedding blocks uh, too many times, especially in one-on-one drills uh, when we're working on pass rush, uh, even against running backs like a tree Cohen, he has a hard time disengaging from that block, getting off of it, shedding it. And I want to see him in the game situation when the Bengals are running that ball, find a way to disengage, attack the ball carrier, shoot the gap, all those sorts of things, because that's been his one knock. Uh, if, if an offensive lineman gets his hand on him, he has a really tough time of, you know, breaking free. But if he's in open space, Kukowski more times than not, does find ways to make the play. So can he uh, shed blocks? I think it's one thing I want to see him definitely improve on, uh, or at least see some improvement on uh, tomorrow on Thursday night. So, guys, we're going to move on to number six on our list. So We're halfway there, hitting the second half of our top ten things to watch for the bears bengals preseason game. And so for tight ends, does Trey Burton play? Uh, what about improvement from Shaheen? Uh, of course, there's a big battle behind those two. And if you're wondering, Will, you forgot Dion Sims. He's not making the trip, and he's also not injured. Nick, what, what do you think is going on?
2: Yeah, that's good. I don't have to yell at him like I did last <laughs> week at the Hall of Fame game. I have no idea. That's an interesting one. If he's not injured, didn't make the trip. I wonder what is going on with Deion Sims. Uh, don't want to speculate on anything. Don't know anything at this point. But to go back to your first question, does Trey Burden play? I think he does. Um, if you want to get Trubisky comfortable, just give him his, multi- his one of his best weapons on the field. Uh, Trey Burton. he's going to be open. Going to get a lot of targets you know, throughout the regular season. So I think he does play. Uh, and for Shaheen, you know, he had some su- su- success against the Bengals last season. I think it was like four receptions, 40 yards and a touchdown. So he did a good job in that aspect. But obviously it's preseason now. Will he be able to translate that? That's too, uh, you know, far away to say. But I think Shaheen will impress. They got to give him those one-on-one situations. We were mm-hmm. saying in that Hall of Fame game where he was lined up in the red zone. Just throw, you know, a back corner fade to him and see what if he can come down with the ball. And
0: we've seen that in training camp. That's what I want to see from Shaheen this game. All right. And B over to you in terms of what's uh, just start with Burton and Shaheen here. What do you want to see out of those two?
1: Uh, both of them. I want to see some improved run blocking because uh, as we've seen in the, the one-on-one blocking drills uh, with tight ends and running backs going up against the pass rushers, defense was consistently winning. Uh, and Adam Shaheen wasn't necessarily regarded as the best run blocker coming in. He was kind of average, mediocre, I guess. And then Trey Burton I don't know if he just doesn't possess that that skill, uh, but I he doesn't really line up in that position in the offense anyway. But that's still something that uh, both these guys need to improve on because the running game throughout all training camp and even against the Ravens game was just kind of very disappointing. So
0: I want to be able to see these these tight ends be able to run block run block for the tight end out of B uh, for me in terms of Trey Burton. I don't think he needs to make like any like big time catches to go out there and prove his worth, especially right now on Thursday night against the Bengals for me. If he just gets a catch or two, maybe underneath an open space, find a way to establish a rhythm with Trubisky uh, just get a few catches under his belt as a bear as the number one tight end on this bears offense. I think that's plenty of progress, a good momentum moving forward for Trey Burton. And of course with Shaheem, Uh, if he can be fluid in route running, something that you know we've seen improvement on, no doubt about it. Um, but I want to see how he's looking. I think he's going to be out there at the ones now. If Deion Sims isn't going to be out there, so I'm going to mm-hmm. see more Shaheen early on going up against the Bengals' number one defense. And if that's the case, how does he look against the ones? Because come to regular season, it's not like when he goes out there, they're going to swap the whole sub defense and put out the twos. He needs to go out there, and be able to compete with starting linebackers, starting safeties, or even a nickel corner if they want to decide to go that route. Which, if they do. Good luck. But, uh, unless he's a tall nickel corner, that's a discussion for a different day, but no, with Shaheen, those are kind of some things I want to see. Uh, but real quickly, guys, Callan Thompson, Uh, Daniel Brown and Ben Broniker should be making his debut. He's been practicing in full lately Um, out of Colin Thompson. Last week, he had those five targets. We talked about his drop issues. Uh, Daniel Brown was not targeted a week ago, but he's someone who has been consistently involved in practice when he's out there on the field. So out of this trio, what are you watching and how do you maybe anticipating things faring for this unit uh, just tomorrow night on Thursday and B I'm going to kick it over to you first. I want to see
1: is Colin Thompson still in the decline. I I had him getting cut anyway, but it's just interesting that first well up to the Ravens game he was making all these really good catches throughout training camp, and then really kind of struggles come game time. Can he capitalize when the lights are on? That's something I'm going to watch for because if he can't, then he doesn't have any business being on this team. Uh, I want to see Daniel Brown get some get some more receptions, get more involved in the offense come game time. Whether that be like I said with Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton, this may be a chance for him to show off that he can make the team by being a very good run blocker. That's something that I think is going to have to be put in consideration if the, the running game uh, struggles still. So I guess as much as I hate to say run blocking for all three of those tight ends, someone's going to have to step up and in general, just get more targets on the offense and receiving it as well. And I'm not sure how much we see uh, Ben Ronecker out there. I think he'll get time with the the twos and the threes, potentially twos, I guess. Uh, but if he, can, if he can make an impact, he's definitely going to overtake Colin Thompson as far as game time goes, if that's in consideration somewhere.
0: Yeah, I expect a lot of playing time for guys like Brown, like Broniker tomorrow night. To really, as soon as the starting offense goes out, I mean, they should be in that game primarily all, I mean for the rest of the game. There's no one else besides Thompson. They should just have those three on rotation, put them out there, and just get them those reps, see what they can do. But uh, what about you, Nick? Anything about this trio that you would like to add? You know, I just want to see
2: out of Thompson, Brown, Broniker, who separates themselves from the pack. And, you know, that's just, you know, when the opportunity comes to making a play Thompson didn't do that last week against the Ravens. You know, if Daniel Brown has to make a tough reception, he makes it. That's going to, you know, when the final cuts come down, okay, who made more plays during the preseason Who's shown more during training camp, all that stuff, you know, starts
0: to come together. So I just want to see who's able to make the most of their opportunities. Absolutely. All right, guys, moving on to number seven, Deandre Hall's chance of safety with Deion Bush out. Does he capitalize last week? Hall had two tackles. But with Bush hampered with a hamstring, this is an opportunity for Hall to get an extended look and prove himself. Hall had a great interception on Sunday when we were there. Maybe he can build off of that. Uh, but in last week's game, uh it was Ian Bush who was making the impact uh, with his hit stick ability. Um, Hall, he is a slightly different type of you know safety. He's not going to go out there and lay the boom, but he's out. He should be a ball hawk. That's why we brought him in here. And it's been the discussion about DeAndre Hall ever since we brought him in a couple seasons ago. Uh, so... Yeah, I want to know, guys, what does Hall need to do uh, tomorrow to maybe prove that he deserves a spot on this roster? And secondly, and more importantly, do you think he will do it? I'm going to go over to Nick first. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, DeAndre Hall has to be in the right place at the right time. But Deion Bush was there just last week, and these are, again, uh, against uh, teams that are not having a game plan or anything like that. Maybe there seems simpler routes. So DeAndre Hall... um, Will he have himself in position to make plays? And does he capitalize it? He can make plays. So we, like we said on that training camp practice, There was a one-handed interception, a great play by him. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't know how much he's going to play. You also have DeAndre Houston. Carson's going to get reps. Uh, Maybe that's a tandem that's actually back there. Um, You know, hopefully he does because I thought he was a guy that can come in potentially be, you know, a cornerback and then he moves to safety. I've always been. Uh, I've always liked DeAndre Hall. He just hasn't been on the field or available or just has made plays when he's been in games.
0: Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And the thing about, you know, Hall out there is, well, not out there is, it's been hard to, number one, develop him because he's not out there getting any game reps. Number two, it's hard for us to really know what to expect when he is out there in a game situation. So I think when it comes to DeAndre Hall, this is going to be a more... This is what we're watching for. We want to see what we have in DeAndre Hall. It's really hard to speculate. We've seen some things in training camp, but this is a whole different animal when you're out there in game situations, especially because he should be out there against the twos. It should be him and DHC uh, being that secondary tandem without Deion Bush uh, out there with the twos. So yeah, that's exactly where I'm sitting. And of course, DHC interception a week ago. Can he build off of that? That's something else I'm going to be looking forward to as well because uh, neither of these guys are locks to make the roster. Both of you need to go out there make an impact, uh, show an ability to make plays on the back end of this Bears defense. What about you, B? Anything further that you would like to add?
1: I think the DeAndre squared uh, would be an interesting nickname for that safety duo. Just throwing that one out there. Uh, But for DeAndre Hill, like you said, we brought him in uh, as a ball hawk. He made that great one-handed interception practice, like you said. So can he be aggressive in that way rather than being aggressive with the hit stick like DeAndre Bush typically is? That's something that I'm going to be watching for. Another thing is going to be: Does he allow many yards after the catch? Except like something Deion Bush was was more aggressive at with the hit stick, not allowing guys to get uh, many yards after the catch. Can DeAndre Hall stay disciplined enough to break down and tackle the guy in the open field? Because we know that he's not going to lay a big hit as soon as the receiver makes the makes the catch. So those are things that I'm going to be looking for. Uh, hopefully, DHC can continue to build off the successful game that he had against the Ravens. I still like DeAndre squared it really just came off of that off the cuff. So I'm kind of proud
0: of that one. Brandon's proud. And <laughs> okay. We're allowing your pride to take a factor right now. Moving on to number eight guys, uh, Rashad coward and James Daniels, two young offensive linemen. Uh, Daniels of course is making his debut, uh, which is very intriguing because he's been practicing at guard all throughout camp. But this past week they moved him over to center with the second string, which it's interesting because it makes for an intriguing situation where maybe they're trying to gear him up to maybe put him in the starting unit as center and move over Cody White here. And again, this is all just what it kind of feels like on the outside of the organization. Um, and obviously, Daniel still needs to go out there and prove it. Um, but Nick, I'm going to go to you because this is in Iowa. This is a Hawkeye guy. And of course, that's where he went to school. So I think it's appropriate here. Um, when he's out there at center, what do you expect? And I want to know what you make about this whole moving him to center thing. Uh, do you think it's to perhaps get him ready to make that leap? Um, do they see him better suited at center and kind of ditching this idea at guard? Or, and this is another thought that's been going through my head here, when um, we talked about it on Sunday, how they can't find good backup centers right now, especially with Jonas out. Are they just having him at center so they can actually have the twos go out there and play proficient football? So what do I expect from James Daniels? Uh, I th- I think he's just a plug and play guy. So regardless if
2: he's playing guard, playing center, he's gonna be able to do his job, knows assignments, be able to make the block to spring a running back forward to for a big gain or even a small gain if they need it. But James Daniels he, he's a smart guy. I know he had that shoulder injury. Uh, what was it? Maybe a week and a half now mm-hmm. in camp. But in terms of this whole maybe is he moving possibly center? Are they gonna move Cody Whitehair? I just don't think that right now it makes sense because. Cody Whitehair has been getting all the reps at center. Trubisky's used to him. This is another season coming off another season where he's already gotten used to him. I know we all know that James Daniels played center at Iowa for you know the past two seasons, and you know tr- transitioned from guard in 2015. But he hasn't been practicing that, and Trubisky's been getting that chemistry with Cody Whitehair. So I think for now they're just going they're giving them, giving him them the reps just in case anything were to happen. But I think he's gonna play get, play at left guard. That's where, um, you know, the coaching staff wanted him to play for since the beginning. Cody Whitehair has gotten all the practice reps at center. Just keep it consistent. Don't want to mix that up. But it, it, it could be interesting because again, Daniels did play that at Iowa. That's what he, you know, originally was a center. But I think it's still gonna be Cody Whitehair in the middle, uh, James Daniel at left guard. When you know, whenever he takes over
0: for the, you know, in the starting role. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious with your thoughts here because that seems to be the big buzz right now. Like, oh, the Bears must be doing this. I'm like, maybe, but we don't know that. And I think there's, of course, other reasons why they would perhaps give them a look at center right now, especially if it's so plug and play, like you mentioned, where he can slide to guard rather seamlessly. And on top of that, if he's going to be like your interior reserve guy, if he can play both guard and center, that makes him even more valuable to start this season uh, as he can get thrust into a multiple roles early on uh, if something would happen and that he would have to step up. Uh, but what about you, B? Anything about Daniels you like to add or do you want to move on to Rashad Coward? Uh,
1: I just want to add uh, with Daniels, I think they're really just exercising their options. I'm not worried about Whitehair losing his job uh but whether it's James Daniels or Eric Cush being a, a backup they got to find someone that's reliable and this may just be a, an opportunity for them to exercise their options uh when the lights when the lights are on the in it's game time uh but with with Shad Coward he had 100% of the snaps last week he played every single snap that's not going to happen this week uh but here here's an opportunity for him to to show uh you know over a week he was able to learn to move his feet a little bit more keep in front of guys be able to absorb a bull rush a little bit better uh things of that nature i i think i'm I don't want to have high expectations for him, but I'm really, really excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, because he's you know, we talked about it at camp when, you know, he's coming from a nose tackle to offensive tackle, and he's embraced this with, you know, a tremendous attitude and someone who he's going out there and he's looking like he fits the, you know, fits the bill pretty well um playing that right tackle position. And even though we saw it at camp, I was kind of hesitant to get fully on board with this, you know, Rashad coward, like hype train at the position because he didn't see any game reps. He didn't see any live reps yet. And then last week for the majority of the game. And again, he played hundred snaps. So there are going to be some, you know, down moments he played admirably well for the majority of that game. Uh, very well. Like there's times like you don't even know he's out there, but when you're watching his footwork his you know, how he's using his hands, his arms, he's creating that leverage. It's, it's like he's naturally fitting in the position and it's one day he's still learning on the fly, which it's really enticing to see what kind of potential might still be brewing underneath the surface in terms of cowards. So, Obviously, this is a game where on Thursday night, you want to see him take improvement. He has the game tape now to kind of watch himself and learn from. And I'm hoping to see some steps in the right direction out of him in week two for him. Uh, I Nick, add, go
1: ahead. Go ahead, B. I want to add to Coward real fast. Playing on the other side of the line, uh, knowing what you're facing against an offensive guy, now that you're there, you know what irritates that defensive lineman and, and how to win that battle. So I think that's something else that helps him uh, learn this a lot quicker, too.
0: Yeah, very, Very keen insight there, B. How about you, Nick? Anything you want to add about Coward?
2: No, I think you guys hit on it. It's just interesting in general that he's going from the defense to the offense and is having some success early on. So let's see if he builds off that success in you know the second game of the preseason.
0: I think what would be another way to like frame this: watch him versus like a Bradley Sal. See who struggles. See who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even though I think Sal's more still in contention to being the swing tackle this year. If Coward looks to be on par with him, the Bears may buy to go with the younger option to make sure they keep him uh, without putting him up on a practice squad. So maybe that's something you need to watch. Watch these backup tackles, see who's looking like uh, the best candidate to be the swing tackle come the regular season. Uh, so number nine is actually going to stick with the Bears' offensive line. And it's going to be more specifically about its run blocking effectiveness because can it improve? And honestly, I don't think it can get any worse than we saw a week ago. So. <laughs> In short, yes, I think they do improve, especially when the starters are out there. Uh, But last week, again, really struggled. Struggled to make any running lanes besides even Benny Cunningham's big run early, which is, you know, was an outside run. He got into open space, made a play. Uh, But in terms of, like, inside running, there wasn't a lot of lanes for any of these running backs to go. Uh, So I want to know your guys' thoughts about how it's going to fare. And then I have one more question about this, and then we'll move on. Uh, B, you're Mr. Trenches, so you get this one first. It's very, very imperative, and I don't even know if Kyle Long's going to play, but if he does, that's the difference maker
1: as far as the run game goes because he brings such an energy, such a, a fight and a fire to him and to the rest of the offensive line that that's when the running game seems to be better. So it's going to be interesting to see as backups who steps up and is able to provide that that fire, that fight, uh, to be able to create holes for the running backs. Uh, so I, I think last year we called called it the Kyle Long effect, and I think that's definitely play here as we try and figure out uh, who's going to be more reliable at what position as far as run blocking
2: goes. All right, Nick. How about you? Oh, I think like you said. Well, the the Bears' offensive line couldn't do worse than what they did against the Ravens. So, I think they do definitely improve in this game. Uh, like you said, Brandon. I don't know if Kyle Long does play, but if he does, I think that offensive line definitely has a better chance of improving on their play from last week. And again, we're gonna see this first team, unit, the second team, third team. It's kind of hard for an offensive line to you know get that chemistry get established when you're constantly swip- swapping guys in and out. But you do want to see some success against the Bengals. The Bears did a f- fantastic job against the Bengals in the regular season last year. Again, that's almost like a year, not a year difference, but it's been a while. So you want to see them have success. They right. also did a
1: good job against the Ravens in the regular season. Just want to point that out. They had like 40 rushing yards last week. So,
0: What's the backups? Yep. <laughs> Very true. All right, so I'm going to throw a few questions your way, and just a few things, um, some ob- observations, and I just want—I'm just curious about your thoughts here. It's just some thoughts I had before we went live. Uh, so, how vital is it that the Bears actually find some success on the ground? Is it really vital at all this early in the preseason, um, or does it not really matter until like that official, you know, what do you want to call it, dress rehearsal game uh, last week? They only ran the ball 19 times compared to 50 passes. What do you guys take from that? Uh, I can see. How fans can maybe worry about balance. But personally, when I'm looking at it, I think they really wanted to get a look at the bottom of the depth in terms of wide receivers. Your
3: heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of flavanols, clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code
0: CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is Not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Give them strong looks to see uh, what they have there. But on top of that, we still need to know what we have behind a Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen as well. Unless they're sold on Benny Cunningham, he was the captain last week. So maybe they already kind of know how this running back battle is going to kind of shape out. But in terms of all that, just one big scope. Uh, What's your take on the lack of runs? Do you anticipate that coming up forward again? Uh, Are you worried about it? Or is it so early into preseason? You're just kind of letting things kind of unfold as it will. And I'm going to go to Nick first. I was a lot to throw at you. Yeah. So I don't think it's vital for the bears to have a su- su- successful
2: day on the ground. Again, there's not a lot of game planning going on into the games. Uh, they're, they're not showing their, you know, their full cards with what they're going to throw at opposing defenses. Um, but you do want to see it because they're having success on the ground. Hopefully that means that Trubisky and that first team offense get to stay more out there on the field, get more of those reps, see that success, um, just going down the field, maybe scoring, because if you're not running the ball effectively, you're going in obvious passing down situations. And it that's not what you want if it's third and long or anything like that. So I want to see success, but it's not vital f- for the bears to have it in a, you know, second preseason game of the year, because, they may not have a Kyle Long playing. They may not have all their wide receivers out there. There's a lot of factors that play into it, but there's no need to have success in this game, but you do want to see it for the overall, I guess, play of the offense.
0: Absolutely. And over to B, your thoughts on this entire situation I just threw at you. Yeah, I agree. At this
1: point in the preseason, it's not vital, but I would like to see a, a glimmer of hope because with the running game being such a staple in the Bears offense the last three, four years, uh, I would think I'd continue to see how good it is, especially at this point. So it has me a little worried, but it's not vital that we see that success right now, because we're not going to see uh, the first stringers out there for more than three or four series in the game. So it's not like it's all that imperative, just a little worrisome at the moment. I need to see a glimmer of hope.
0: Glimmer of hope for me. All right, guys, moving on to number 10, before we talk about some fan things that kind of came up through Twitter, uh, number 10, Cal- Cal- Kevin Tolliver's debut. Uh, can he work his way back up the ladder? Remember, he was playing at the twos. He was playing very strong the very first week in the camp before he was uh, sidelined with an injury. Uh, since then, he's been bumped back down into the threes. Can he uh, find a way to work his way back into the competition for, of course, uh, the backup positions at corner? Uh, and also, don't forget the other young cornerbacks like going Grant, Michael Joseph, Uh, So, honestly, lots to pay attention to in the secondary. Multiple spots wide open for the taking here after the starters. We already talked about the safeties, uh, so let's talk about these corners. I'm curious, uh, what are some things you guys are watching, and what does your gut say? Who makes their mark on Thursday night? And let's go back to B.
1: I think uh, that's going to speak a lot to Kevin Tolliver's character and whether or not he should be on this team. Uh, If he comes out and doesn't really look all that energized, doesn't, go and try to make the play when he has the opportunity to uh, that kind of tells me, I don't want to say he's given up uh, because it could just always be a bad day, whatever. I mean, he's going to get plenty more chances, uh, but that kind of speaks to me as a bounce back right away is his character worth having on the team. Uh, So I'll be interested to see mentally how he bounces back. Even if he fails to make the play or makes a mistake here or there, as long as he's trying and putting forth a very honest effort at this point in the preseason, coming back after an injury, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, Michael Joseph, I'm really excited to see him because he's been lining up with the two since Kevin tolliver has been out. I'm interested to see what kind of impact he makes because he almost had the interception before uh, DeAndre Houston Carson got the one against Baltimore. So I'd be curious if he can uh, get in there and be able to make more plays like that and actually haul one in this time.
2: Yeah. What about you, Nick? You know, I'm really excited to watch Doran Grant actually play. Uh, he left a good impression on me on that last day at camp that we were all at. He was lining up one-on-one with Adam Shaheen and winning that battle uh, more times than not. So, And he also had that interception on Lamar Jackson against the Ravens last week. So he's a guy that's going to be uh, this preseason. It's vital for him if he's going to be on this team, um, if he you know, shows any glimmer of hope like we were just talking about. It's going to be now. So I'm really excited to watch him play. And Kevin Tolliver, he has made plays throughout training camp when he's been available. And obviously his injuries sidelined him and he hasn't been able to do that, but I do want to see how he plays as well. But I'm um, seeing how these two backups who's going to win and again, separate themselves to see who's going to make this last uh, spot in the
0: roster. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun battle to watch. It's one when we were doing countdown at camp. I don't think we actually knew how wide open it was going to be or how close this battle was going to become between all these young defensive backs. And the good news is if say, it's hard to tell. You can always keep one and put one in the practice squad and who knows how things will change in a year or so. But the good news is we have a lot of good young talent at cornerback, which it's great because I think I feel highly confident in our starting group. So to have young depth behind it that I'm excited for, it's just reassuring that the bears are in a good spot defensively for its future. So for me, any of these corners make an impact play, go out there and get it. But I think Michael Joseph, just a shout out for him going all the way from Dubuque to playing with the bears. You know, I think, the first week when we were there, he looked a little lost a little rusty, but he's really gained some footing, gained some confidence. And I think it showed last week, uh, B, you mentioned the almost interception, but even then he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a liability in coverage in any means as well. And he hasn't really been, so I can't be there. So for me, I mean, he has in terms of when he's going up against like an Allen Robinson, but like, if he's not struggling against Allen Robinson, I would be more concerned about where Allen Robinson is at than where Michael Joseph is at. So for me, Michael Joseph, uh, I might be paying attention to him uh, a little bit more uh, now that I'm going to be watching on TV and not really in person. But of course, uh, Kevin Tolliver making his debut is one, uh, don't sleep on Kevin Tolliver either. So I'm trying to say, all right, guys, moving on to the final few here. These came from fans and a lot of these we already hit on, which, uh, I was going to say kudos to us, but, you know, I'm just going to toot her own <laughs> horn, I guess. But no. <laughs> For real, though, uh, lots of people like Bobby, Jordan, uh, Bear Hucks on Twitter, Tony, etc. they're all paying attention to the offensive chemistry and, of course, uh, Trubisky being a large part of it. I think we already talked about how it might not be much of the real offense on Thursday night. So keeping that in mind, uh, guys, can you explain to our listeners why maybe chemistry is still imperative to build and why we need to be paying attention to it? And, Nick, I'll go to you. Oh, of course. I mean, chemistry, if you don't have that, regardless if it's with your second team, third string, your
2: first, string, it doesn't matter. That's what keeps, you know, teams on the field, sustaining drives, um, getting that even with, it comes from the headset first, just being able to get that to Trubisky to relay it to, you know, the rest of the guys in the huddle, that chemistry that needs to be built with each practice rep, with each game rep is vital for a team success for any team success. So you want to see that definitely happen in preseason game number two, but yeah, it, like we said, it's not vital for the Bears to have a good running or the offensive line to have a good running game. It is vital for them to have good chemistry, and it starts, you know, right now.
0: Anything else, B?
1: Yeah, I mean, it all it all starts, like Nick said, with the headset. If the play comes in, quarterback's got to be able to command the huddle. If they don't listen, then the play's obviously not going to work very well. It's got to work from center to quarterback. If it's not a clean snap, it's a wasted rep, something we've kind of heard here lately with some, some poor center play. Unfortunately, sloppy center play, I guess, is a better word. Uh, then, you know, When the quarterback gets the ball at that point, he throws it to wide receiver where he likes it, throws him open. He's going to throw him right into a safety to get clobbered. That's going to be kind of a chemistry issue. And in the the grand scheme of things, it's just going to come down to a a game management thing. How well are these guys going to be able to click to be able to to make the offense run in in late game situations? So it's very imperative.
0: Absolutely. All right. So Sean Peterson, 11 on Twitter, uh, his tweet response was pretty simple. He's just watching Fitz, Wims and White. We already talked about Fitz. We already talked about White. Somehow Wims went under the radar. Someone who uh, was a big standout last week, has been turning some heads in camp. He should be getting a lot of time now with the twos to really prove uh, that he should make this active roster and not be... Um, on the practice squad. So, Nick, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, what are you going to be paying attention to in terms of Javon Wims and what do you anticipate happening?
2: Yeah, just him creating separation I think is going to be a big one for him because he's not the fastest guy, but if he can do that and get himself open, that's going to be huge for Wims. And you know that if it's a jump ball, that guy can definitely go up and get it. We saw that even against the Ravens, just able him to outplay a smaller cornerback. But Javon Wims, uh, yes, we didn't talk about him. We were talking about wide receiver debut, so that's why we didn't mention him earlier in the podcast but he's definitely going to be a guy that I'm going to be watching for when he's on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. If he can uh, show up, especially on third down on uh, money situations, like he did a week ago and he does the same exact thing, man, that makes things really interesting for the bears in terms of which wide receiver they want to keep on this roster, because it's kind of hard to deny that kind of talent on your 53 man uh, B, I'm going to go over to you with another one here. A few other bears fans responded. Uh, in particular, we have Brendan, Jason, and Wanda. They're paying attention to the pass rush as a whole last week, eight sacks, eight quarterback hits. Uh, do you anticipate those numbers being consistent? Cause that's, that's pretty laudy numbers. Number one, uh, number two, uh, is that something that else that you're going to be paying attention to? Because I think pass rush, it's still a big old question mark heading into the regular season. Uh, so is that still something you're going to be keeping an eye on? on tomorrow night yeah absolutely I mean I hope they're consistent eight sacks
1: is a lot and if we can continue to carry that through the end of the season that'd be absolutely great uh but breaking year, all right but with with a giant question mark like you said especially with no Isaiah Irving you still haven't seen any Aaron Lynch who are guys that are going to be step up is it going to be Kylie Fitz is it going to be Bilal Nichols uh John Board or Robinson Harris I mean we're not going to see too many of those those ones throughout the game I don't think uh, but who's going to be able to step up and create that depth? Because right now, like we said, it's just a giant question mark. So it's going to be something that we going to paying attention through throughout the entirety of the preseason.
0: All right. Good stuff there, guys. So to end the show, I just have two more things for you real quick. Um, if you didn't prepare for them, I apologize. But you should know me by now. And you should know these are things that we're going to do. Nick's shaking his head no. Which, totally, Nick. That's such a Nick move right there. <laughs> uh, so first things first, predict the MVB. Who's going to be our MVP at the end of the game? Nick, you're on the spot. Gosh, of course you do this. Okay, MVP,
2: (laughs) seeing who's going to play the most. I think, you know what? Chase Daniel's going to have a bounce back game this week. Ah, I beat you to it, mine. Yes. So, yeah, we didn't see a lot, or we did see a good majority of Chase Daniel, but he didn't play very well against the Ravens last week. So I want to see him bounce back. I want to see the quarterbacks as a whole bounce back in this game, but I think Chase Daniel has more opportunities. He's going to capitalize on those, and he'll be the
0: MVP. All right. My MVP prediction. That's right, B. I'm going to put you last. Hopefully I take your next one. Uh, I have Javon Wims. I would oh do Anthony gosh. Miller. Yes, yeah, I knew it. I knew <laughs> yeah. that was going to happen. I would have done Anthony Miller, but again, he's not going to be playing too much. So if he was out there for a full game, I think we would see some special things from him, especially against some backups. But no, I think Javon Wims is going to do it again replicate exactly what we saw last week. And if he does, he's just going to really start cementing his case to make this Bears roster. So for me, uh, Javon Wims, I really hope it happens when it happens. Really pulling for this kid, someone who is new to football, but he seems like a savvy vet out there. Uh, He did on uh, at least Thursday. I wouldn't say, okay, maybe not savvy vet, but he seems like a kid who can play some football and understand uh, the game more so than maybe someone give him credit for. And B, since we've all sold your (laughs) MVB, what's option C for you? I just want to add to Whims real quick. If he plays really, really
1: well like he did against the Ravens and kind of competes for some time with the ones, I mean, that kind of makes he's interesting where he falls in the depth chart, so I just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess option C is Pat O'Donnell. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I honestly kind of hope it's Benny Cunningham because uh, he's kind of been a guy that's disappointed me, I guess, and he goes out there as a captain against the Ravens. Uh, he had the one big run in that game, uh, but overall, he just seems overly frustrated in camp. It uh, doesn't ever seem to be able to Make the easy play, I guess. Uh, so if he can go out there and not fumble the football, something we've seen on Sunday, uh, just not finishing uh, that play because it got stripped right before the whistle. Uh, so be able to finish plays, be able to be there mentally, uh, be able to have a short memory. If he does something wrong, be able to bounce back from it and make the next play, whether that be in the uh, receptions or,
0: or running the ball. All right. Bunny for B, Javon Wims for me, and then Nick has Chase Daniel. All right. Last but not least, fellas. Bold prediction time! I'm excited to see where these are going to go. And Brandon, I'm going to go right back to you.
1: Uh, the Bears finished this game with 10 sacks instead of eight.
0: Yeah, that's bold, uh, <laughs> especially now with no Isaiah Irving. So I will give you credit. That is a bold yeah, he prediction. only had one sack in that game, though, too. That's one eighth. True. That's more than 10. percent Okay, never mind. Math major? No, I wasn't. A math major, <laughs> obviously, uh, Nick, over to you for your bold prediction. You know, we'll stick with the defense and we'll stick with the sacks. Kylie Fitz gets three of those sacks. Snap. I like it. It's interesting because my bold prediction as well is on defense, um, but it's not about sacks. Mine's going to be Belal Nichols is going to get a force fumble and a fumble recovery in this game. It could be the same play. It could not. We'll see how it goes, but for someone who is uh, trending in the right direction, I think at the right time, if you can go out there and make an impact play like that, it would just be huge for its confidence, and I think it would give the Bears – uh, the coaching staff some confidence in him going out there uh, in terms of going maybe in that rotation. Something I talked about earlier in the show. I would like to see Paul Nichols take that next step before this preseason ends. I think if he can do it either in this game or the next, uh, he by the time we get to that dress rehearsal, he might find himself inching into that rotation. Which, of course, you can never have too many good defensive linemen, or actually any lineman doesn't matter what side of the ball you're on. But uh, guys, and I know Brandon, you would agree with me, Mr. Absolutely. Jones. Um, so any final thoughts as we head into tomorrow night's game, Thursday night's game against the Cincinnati Bengals, anything else on the table that you want to make sure that you mention, or is, if you want to wrap up your thoughts as a whole, and let's go to Brandon.
1: First of all, I thought you were gonna say, well, Nichols is going to get an interception. It's kind of where I was hoping that bold <laughs> prediction was going, but it's beside no. the point. No, I, I hope that we see, uh, some very good competition at the bottom of the depth chart with Javon Williams. I hope he's able to still climb his way up. I hope we see Kevin Tolliver on the defensive side, uh, make things interesting. Uh, Kind of kind of see if he can force Michael Joseph or Doran Grant kind of out of that, that two rotation, make things interesting down there. Like you said, a lot of young talent. I'm interested to see where it all ends up down there Uh, and still big question mark. I mean, I addressed it with the fan questions. Just where is the pass rush going to come from? I know they had eight sacks. I know I predicted 10 in the bold prediction,
2: but where I'm not exactly sure. Well, that's why it's bold. Yep. What about you, Nick? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. I really want to see the first team offense have success and, you know, maybe get a score, just to sustain a long drive because we all want to see that. We want to see Trubisky uh, just get out there, sling the ball and stuff like that. But the biggest thing we want. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those
3: robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau
2: advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Everybody, especially on the Bears, to come away healthy from the second game because you can't have injuries in the second preseason game, especially at, you know, thin positions like outside linebacker or anything like that. So big thing, just
0: stay healthy, come away healthy from this game. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge one. Uh, I'm sad that you had to bring it up, but it's true, (laughs) and I understand it completely. For me, I mean, I would just tell everyone to take everything that we've already discussed throughout this entirety of the show and just kind of keep it in mind as you watch that game. And if you can't watch the game, of course, we're going to be back with the post-game show to recap it for you in its entirety to let you know how all of these things kind of fared out. Um, But I was watching some NFL Network today, something I haven't been able to do for a few weeks with all of our travels uh, while I was working. And something I've noticed with other teams in their practices, they seem very lackadaisical, very kind of calm. And even teams practicing like with no helmets on, no pads on. And I'm like, I've Mm -hmm. never once seen that in Chicago under Matt Nagy. It's been full on 100 percent, no matter what, pads on, pads off, uh, high speed high energy, and I never realized like we talked about, oh wow, this is drastically different from the Fox era. But when you're watching other teams uh, take that slower approach and you compare it to what we saw in Bourbon A, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what kind of energy this team is building uh, at practice, and I can't wait to see it translate to games. But no, I think my big thing to pay attention to uh, Nick, you kind of talked about it. Starting offense, what kind of chemistry do they have? What kind of command? It goes back to Trubisky. What kind of command does he have in huddle? Can he get the play call in and out? Uh, Stamp the ball with a reasonable, reasonable amount of time. And of course, when he's out there, can his new playmakers that we spend so much money in dress on, uh, can he go out there and make some plays or at least build some chemistry with him? Any steps forward? I think no matter what position you're looking at, steps forward tomorrow night is the only thing that matters. No regression. All right, that's going to do it, Bears fans, for this episode of the Bears Brothers. I want to thank you for taking the time to watch or listen to the show. And while I say that, uh, shout out to all those watching live, about 100 of you throughout the entirety of this show. just want to say thank you. I know we haven't done a live show in almost two and a half weeks. So for the fact that we're doing a live show and about 100 came back, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I appreciate you tuning in. And if you do like the show, remember to review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts to show that support. We're only nine away from reaching our goal of 250 before week one. We're going to talk to you as soon as that final whistle blows Thursday night. But until then, enjoy the game. Keep everything that we've talked about in mind. And of course, bear down, Chicago.